It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're fixing to have us a good day. This is Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. Appreciate you guys tuning in today. We got a conversation with voice of the Auburn Tigers, Andy Burcham. I love talking to Andy. He's a, a great mentor and a, a great friend. Glad I got to work with him at the network for a little bit. Uh, but yeah, that, that's coming up in just a moment. Uh, t- on tomorrow's show, Michael Pappas and I are going to go through some of the news that happened, uh, including roster stuff, a lot of good-looking weight changes, uh, the punter situation. I'm going to touch on that in just a second. Uh, also, jersey number changes. I like all of them. More single-digit numbers, the better. And then, uh, but the the big thing is, like, I'm waiting for some other news to drop. Duke Scoops hinted at it a little bit yesterday on Twitter as far as player opt outs and the SEC schedule. I, uh, yeah, I, I I have a sneaky suspicion it's coming soon. We'll see, we'll see about that. Um, but yeah, as far as the punter news, Aiden Marshall is back as Auburn's punter, or at least he's on the roster. He wanted to transfer after he lost the job to Aaron Sipos. Based on reports, Auburn staff approached him and wanted him back. This was the third time they've approached him, based on a report from AL.com. Third time approaching him saying, hey, please come back. And so that is telling to me. Aiden got offers from a few other schools, but he chose to stay at Auburn to finish his degree. So you got to love that. And of course, you remember a few weeks ago, they, uh, they got Oscar Chapman, the punter from Australia, another pro-kick Australia guy, same place where they got um, Aaron Sipos from. But to me, this screams um, that Aiden's going to be the starter. He's going to be a junior based on Auburn's athletics website. He will be a junior this season. And I think that gives Oscar Chapman enough time to adapt to American football and kind of the, the speed of the SEC in the college game. And so I think that is something to look at. I think Aiden Marshall is your starting punter right now. Unless I hear otherwise, that's kind of what I'm going for. Um, and I think that's a good thing. I think it's a good thing you have experience. And I mean, the, the good thing here is whoever's Auburn's punter, we talked about this before Auburn had any scholarship punters on, on its roster. And now it's got uh, a couple, which is nice, but with Auburn's defense expected to continue, uh, continue kind of carrying the torch as being the strength of this team. I don't think it matters quite as much as it would if the defense wasn't as good. I know that's. Not really a hot take or anything like that, but just keep that in mind. If you're like, well, Aiden Marshall wasn't the best punter, you know, there's a reason he lost a job to Sippos. And I'm like, yeah, that may be true. But one, you can assume that maybe he's gotten better. But even if he's stayed the same, uh, I think he's fine. I think he's an average SEC punter. But you don't need a great SEC punter when you have Auburn's defense. Obviously, you want the best player that you can get at each position. But in the grand scheme of things, as far as it impacting wins and losses this year, I don't think it's as big of a deal. So I just wanted to uh, spend a few seconds on that. And yeah, Michael and I are going to go through uh, all of the news that happened this week, tomorrow, mainly roster changes. You know, some guys gaining some really good weight. Um, Jaron Handy looking like a grown man with all the, the pictures and, and, and stuff that Auburn has put out on social media this week with some of those jersey changes. Owen Papo looks smooth in that number zero jersey. Um, so we'll, we'll talk about all that on tomorrow's edition 
of Locked on Auburn. Coming up, a conversation with uh, Andy Burcham. Be sure to listen towards the end. I actually give him some... (laughs) I give them some recommendations based on some of the uh, the jokes and and things that we have said here on Locked On Auburn. I ask them about nicknames. I'm like, man, you got a you got a lot of cool nicknames to incorporate to your play by play in your broadcast next year. And so maybe he'll listen, maybe not. Um, before we move on, I've still got a few open slots. A lot of you have emailed me, and I appreciate that. Uh, if you were interested in the fantasy football league, the Locked On Auburn Listener League, email us. At, uh, at LockedOnAuburn at gmail.com, and we will get you in the league. Include the email that I need to send to you that's linked to your ESPN account, uh, assuming you have one. If not, please make one and then shoot me an email with that. I'm going to get to those either today, today's Thursday, or tomorrow. Um, and uh, a lot of really excited folks, so I, I really appreciate the interest. I think it's going to be a, a ton of fun. Also, if you are listening on iTunes, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. And uh, yeah, if you could type out a review that has the word Auburn football in it or something like that, that would be be a huge help. So, conversation with Voice of the Auburn Tigers, Andy Birch, and coming up right here on Locked on Auburn. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. We are now joined by Voice of the Auburn Tigers, Andy Burcham. How you doing, boss? Zach, I'm doing well. I hope you are the same. I am. I am. All Good. is uh, healthy and well on uh, my uh, my neck of the woods, my friends. So I, I know you. Uh, I know you well, Andy. I know uh, you. You are a planner. You like to have things prepared, and I imagine this off season is not <laughs> not uh, not kind of what you would want to be doing at, at this time. Just a few weeks out of what we assume uh, will be the start of the college football season. Well, it's been different for everybody. You know, whether it's in in my area of work or what you do or or anyone it, we've all had to adjust uh for this coming season and this this just this time of the the covid pandemic so yeah it's, it's different for me to be sure and as a matter of fact as, as you and i are talking I'm, I'm starting to work on my my spotting boards for what i hope is the 2020 football season which right now would begin on september 26th against somebody yeah, against somebody. Exactly, exactly. And so uh, you, you, I'm sure you were gearing up, and I'm sure you were excited about calling a game uh, between Auburn and North Carolina, kind of two uh, up-and-coming teams, kind of, you know, just uh, just just outside of that first tier with a chance to move up into that first tier over the course of the 2020 season, maybe uh, be a dark horse for, uh, for one of these teams to make the college football playoff. I mean, what were your thoughts when reports kind of came out saying that that was going to be canceled? Not terribly surprised by it, yeah. to be honest. Um, yeah, disappointed that we don't get to go to Atlanta, at least at the start of this season, and and, and get the broadcast a game against a, a good team in North Carolina out of the ACC. Always enjoys going to Mercedes-Benz Stadium and, and doing a game from that facility and a game that would be in, a, in the national spotlight, uh, much like last year's game down in Dallas or Arlington was against Oregon. That's always fun to, to be in the spotlight for that. Right. And um, so, you know, and, and then right after that, the SEC announced that it would be a conference-only schedule and would add two games to it. So 
instead of getting to do a North Carolina game, we're going to be doing 10 games against all Southeastern Conference opponents. And from a competitive standpoint, I'm not sure you could ask for for anything better than that right now, Zach. Yeah, I may like this more. Uh, obviously, I want fans involved and you know the tailgating and all that. We uh, we are assuming that we will not have that, at least not to the extent that we won't normally have it. But I mean, Andy, do you think there's any chance that this goes really well and the SEC is like, you know, like m- maybe we have one or two big non-conference games, but ten SEC games that sounds kind of nice. Well, you know, it, it it depends probably who you ask. I think for the fans, 10 conference games sounds really good because you know every game is going to matter with regard to the conference season and matter even more so to postseason this year. Now, whether the SEC then adopts that that 10-game season or a 9-game season or something of that in the future, you know, that's that's been talked about for quite some time Mm -hmm. uh, of, of doing some kind of, of schedule like this, and it's always been rejected. And I think part of that is the fact that you want those games where you go in knowing you have a better chance of, of winning. And it also, to be honest, it gives other teams coming to Jordan-Hare Stadium or any other school in this league a chance to make some money. So you're helping some of these out of a, you know non-Power 5 schools coming in. It could right. be a, an in-state school like an Alabama A&M that was, you know, scheduled to be coming in or, or, you know, an Alcorn State or, or even a Southern Miss or somebody like that. Yeah. So there's a benefit to the kind of schedule that, that Auburn has right now. Well, Auburn would have had for 2020 before all of this started. But from a competitive standpoint, I, you can't ask for more than 10 conference games in the Southeastern Conference, which is the premier conference in the country. I don't, you could argue that if you like. Uh, to be sure, but uh, I'm I'm not sure that that there is a better conference out there year in and year out. Andy, when you look at college football quarterbacks, uh, I mean, you're you're starting to see freshmen get on the field more and more, and then obviously if they have a good freshman season, you expect to hear a lot of rumblings about them throughout the offseason because you expect them to take another step forward and kind of, you know, maybe reach that elite level. You're seeing that throughout college football. You know, we mentioned North Carolina with Howell. Um, you know, Holinsky with, with, with South Carolina. Nationally, like Bo Nix isn't getting a whole lot of chatter, despite being the SEC offensive uh, freshman of the year last year. I mean, do you think that he has a chance to take that step forward? I mean, what are you expecting? What are realistic expectations for Bo Nix this year? Well, let me answer the first question. Yes, I absolutely believe that he will take that big step forward from a freshman to his sophomore season. There's just there's just too much going in his favor. I mean, he's an elite talent. Let's let's remember that. This this you know, last year he didn't just come out of nowhere to be the freshman of the year in the Southeastern Conference. Um, he comes from good stock, so to speak. His father was an outstanding quarterback at Auburn. His father is a coach. Bo has grown up in this atmosphere his entire life. Mm-hmm. He is, like his father, he is a leader and became a leader as a true freshman quarterback, and you don't see that very often uh, to to the extent. And in talking with Gus Malzahn through the the spring and the summer months, when you ask him about leadership, Bo Nix and K.J. Britt are the two guys that that he speaks of first and foremost are those two guys. And then I just listened to just knowing him a little bit and knowing how hard he works 
yes, I believe he will take that step. And you know what? I'm not sure it matters to Bo with regard to all of the the accolades out there. Um, I think when when folks don't consider Bo Nix, and there are some that are, let's 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 not you know let's not make it seem like no one's talking about Bo Nix. But when folks don't give him his due, so to speak, I think they strictly look at his numbers mm-hmm. and his his passing percentage from a year ago, and they don't look at the total picture. They don't look at what he did in some very big games, in some very big moments. And, yeah, he had some off games as a freshman, and quite frankly, that's something that needs to improve. That consistency yeah. needs to improve from his freshman to his sophomore year. But remember, he was a true freshman. The year before, he was playing high school football. Mm-hmm. Last year, he was playing at the highest level in the best league in the country, and he had some enormous wins, both at Jordan-Hare Stadium and away from Jordan-Hare Stadium in a neutral site at Oregon and on, and on the road in the Southeastern Conference. So I, I fully expect him to take that next big step, and it'll be interesting to see how then he, how he responds to having Chad Morris as his offensive coordinator and don't forget, as his quarterback's coach as well. Yeah, I mean, the assumption is that Morris will only help him. We'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, as far as the passing game goes, Seth Williams, I mean, no question, he's going to be one of the best receivers in the SEC, or at least he should be, uh, in 2020. Who do you think are going to be guys that, that step up? I've been very high on Eli Stove this offseason. I know Auburn fans love the speed that Anthony Schwartz has. What are you feeling as you prepare for this season to call games this season? Who are you expecting to be that number two option in the passing game for Bo Nix? Well, I, I think probably Eli Stove is the number two guy and then Anthony Schwartz. But let's not forget, in a Chad Morris-style offense, I think the tight end becomes even more of a factor as an offensive weapon and not just a run blocker. I think, I think the tight end and whoever that is that steps up at tight end for Auburn, and Auburn has some depth there. It doesn't have a lot of uh, history of late as far as a pass receiver because that just simply hasn't been part that m- as much of the offense. I think it becomes more a part of the offense. So I, I guess to answer your question, Zach, it's that tight end spot becomes much more of a factor for Auburn. And listen, Auburn fans for years – have said throw to the tight end. Right. I think we're gonna I think we're going to see that much more in the twenty twenty season. Yeah, it's been please throw to the tight end, Gus, and please uh please uh you know incorporate slants into the offense. We saw more slants well, last year, so now we it, gotta add a tight end. It hasn't been just Gus. It was Tommy Tuberville and it was yeah. Terry Bowden and it was Pat Dye. Auburn fans have been saying that forever. <laughs> yes, they have said that of late, but they've been saying throw to the tight end more as long as I've been covering Auburn. Uh, yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, do, do you think it'll be one tight end in this system, or do you think it'll be like a, a tight end by committee type thing? I think it'll be a tight end by committee right now, okay. because we just, you know, listen, we don't know who's going to be the one that steps up at tight, tight end spot, because it hasn't been used primarily as an offensive weapon, really, maybe since C.J. Uzama, mm-hmm. you know, and, and he was still a, a used as a blocking as a blocking tight end even more. He was more of a big um, slot receiver in the passing exactly. game. Yeah, right. Exactly. But how that – and that's, you know, listen, we didn't get to see it during spring practice. So we didn't get to see what that looks like in a Chad Morris-style offense. So I don't know. My guess is it's, it's a, a tight end by committee. 
it, it may turn into something where it is the, you know, somebody is the tight end for Auburn. We just have to wait and see. More with Andy Burcham next, right here on Locked on Auburn. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Andy Burcham, voice of the Auburn Tigers, hanging out with us on today's Locked On Auburn. You mentioned K.J. Britt being referred to as the leader of the defense, Bo Nix of the offense, K.J. Britt of the defense. What are you hearing about K.J. Britt as far as him in the locker room? Uh, I mean, we all know on the field he is exceptional. Uh, his instinct of going to the football, his first step is tremendous. He, you know, he'll 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 hit the he'll hit the heck out of you. But as far as him off the field being that leader, well, I mean, what are you hearing about KJ Britt? Well, he is the guy. He is the guy defensively, and I'm sure there are others, but his name is the one that's mentioned quicker than anybody else on that defense. And and being around KJ just a little bit, I'm not surprised to hear that. And listen. Ideally, you want one of your linebackers to be one of those guys, don't you? I mean, they're the quarterback of your your defense anyway. I mean, that's that's the way historically it's been. You know, KJ was a guy that came in early. Um, You know, he came in a semester early out of high school. I remember talking to him about that and just how important he felt that was for him to come in. Hey, same thing for Bo Nix. He came in a semester early and got that spring practice under his belt. Um, and I just, listen, there will be other guys that will take that step forward mm-hmm. uh, for Auburn from a, a leadership standpoint. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a guy like Smoke Monday or a Christian Tut, you know, in the in the, the backfield. Big Cat Bryant is a guy that has a great deal of experience up front for Auburn. Or maybe, listen, to me, you know, when you're playing alongside Derek Brown and Marlon Davidson, you can be forgotten a little bit. And Tyrone yeah. Truesdale was kind of the forgotten guy. Right. Remember, he was a starter from day one last year. He was so as good. A, as he was, and he was steady. But he wasn't Derek Brown and Marlon Davidson. Maybe this is the year that, that Tyrone Truesdale then takes that step into what we saw from a Derek Brown and a Marlon Davidson a year ago. From a personality standpoint, do you think Truesdale can be that guy in the locker room too? I don't know. That's a good question. Zach, yeah. I, I would just be guessing to say yes or no on that. I, I don't know the answer to that. I've, I've not been around Tyrone as much as I've been around uh, KJ um, and and Smoke and, and, and Christian sure. and those guys. So I, I, I can't give you a, a, an honest, informed answer at this point. Sure, sure. Andy, as far as the linebackers, I mean, staying stay on that topic there, I mean, ever since T-Will ha- has taken that post as Auburn's linebacker coach, I mean, it just seems like, you know, they'll lose, you know, Deshaun Davis, they'll lose Trey. I mean, it, it, it just seems like they keep losing guys, and then somebody steps up, and last, uh, last year it was downhill Brit. And, I mean, this year they've got so much experience coming back there. And, you know, we, we talked about this before. Like, when Auburn goes to nickel, like, you assume it's KJ and Owen. Then when they go in their base, he assumes that Kobe's going to be on there. But then, like, Chandler Wooten's really, really yeah. good, and he's not going to get a whole lot of playing time, it seems. Yeah, well, let's not forget number 31, Chandler Wooten, back there as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, what's interesting to me about this, and listen, 
teams lose big players in college. It happens. It's, it's the nature of the beast, so to speak. Guys will graduate. They go on to the NFL. And Auburn had that up front with Derrick Brown and had that with Marlon Davidson. Nick Coe has gone on. Look at all the guys that they lose in the backfield, the defensive backfield. Mm-hmm. Noah Igmanogany, who is a number one draft pick, uh, a first-round draft pick. So, listen, that happens in college football. But back to your question with regard to, to, to Travis. You look at him, and listen, he's just doing what he was taught by Joe Witt. Remember, he played for the legendary Auburn assistant coach, Joe Witt. Mm-hmm. And now he is that he is that, that coach personified. Same position, same personality. He has taken what he learned from Joe Witt. He has taken what he learns from Kevin Steele as his defensive coordinator. And that's what he pours into those guys in the linebacker court. Listen, a year ago, we were, we were talking at this time in 2019 about the Auburn defense. We were talking about Marlon and Derek up front and all of that experience in the secondary. And the question mark was Auburn's linebacking core. But just, it wasn't talent. It was just these guys don't have a lot of experience. Well, fast forward one year, and what are we talking about now? Well, the depth has to start to shine on the defensive, uh, defensive front. And all of those guys that have played but really haven't starred yet in the secondary have to step up. And without question, the strength of the defense is now the question mark a year ago, that linebacking court. This is what happens in college athletics. You lose guys to graduation, you lose guys to the draft, and you replace them with the guys underneath them. One of the things, and, and I keep getting asked about Auburn's defensive front, like there's no way they can recover from losing a Derrick Brown or Marlon Davidson. Well, let's think about the depth that Rodney Garner has had in years past yeah. and how much he uses that depth. Right. I mean, he uses depth. He'll two, play 10 guys. Deep. Yeah. Yeah. In a game. So yeah, you've lost some out extraordinary talent and leaders to be sure, but it's time for those next guys to take the step forward. And I believe a Derek Hall and a big cat Bryant, Tyron Truesdale, Connors Miller and TD Moultrie will do just that. So, Andy, as you were pre- uh, preparing for uh, the 2020 season, preparing to call the 2020 season, and I know you're getting all of your uh, your fun facts together and and all that, this Auburn team has so many cool names and nicknames. I mean, you mentioned Smoke Monday. I think Christian Tut's cool in itself, and you don't even have to do anything to that. But, I mean, uh, Downhill Brit, uh, Big Cat Bryant, uh, Ricochet Rabbit was the Kobe McLean. Listeners of uh, Locked on Auburn call him uh, Chainsaw McLean. Do you, are, you, are you excited to incorporate any of that uh, into some of the calls this year? I do at times. I am not one of those that relies solely on the nickname. Um, that's just not my style. If it works, it works. But um, I, I'm not sure I've ever used downhill Brit for KJ, okay. to be honest. Uh, not that I'm opposed to it, and maybe I will more this year. Um, but if I, and listen, I mean, when I think of Sean Shivers, his nickname is worm, right? I, I don't, I don't think of Sean Shivers as the worm. You know what I mean? He's Sean Shivers. He's the guy that knocked the, the, the helmet off of the Alabama defender a year ago, right? Game winning touchdown. Um, so it, at times it does work that way, but it's not something that I have. And I feel like I've got to use that nickname every single time they do something. That's just my style. Uh, some may like it, some may not, but that's that's me. 
I have two requests for you, if that's okay. okay. You, you don't have okay. to take them. You don't have to take them at all, and, and you probably won't, okay. that's fine. Uh, but one, when Bo Nix does something cool, just once, just once, can you do the whole, um, based off of T-Will's rap that he posted, the five letters, two words, Bo Nix, and send it to break? I, I will have to work on that, quite frankly. Yeah, but no, workshop it, and if you need any help, please yeah. call me. But um, I, I, will, I, will, I will take that under advisement, Zach. All right, the other one is uh, when, when true freshman Kobe Hudson, when he makes a play, can you just talk about how natural of a wide receiver he is despite playing quarterback at, uh, at the high school level? I, I, will try, I will try that as well. I, I will do my very best. But there, there are some great names. When you've got a smoke Monday, Tank. I mean, Tank is a, Come is a on. tailback. Yeah. Especially if he runs over somebody. I mean, that, that makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, I uh, think so. Here's... Here's the one that I need to incorporate more, and I wish I had done it, especially on his reverse for a touchdown on the first series at Texas A&M. Flash is incorporate Flash more. Gone in a flash. Mm-hmm. I mean that that was that would have been perfect to use. Of course, I think about that afterwards. So. Maybe I'll use that more this year. Yeah, well, I, I know uh, people listening to this will hope you'll have plenty of opportunity to do that. But, I mean, I mean, Auburn's, I mean <laughs> Auburn's done such a good job using, uh, I mean, using, like, their Twitter names to uh, incorporate that. Like, Schwartz's Twitter account is at The Flash, and then Papo is at The Freak. And it's like, are you kidding me? Like, that is so stinking cool. Smoke is at Smoke. I mean, how did they get all of this? Well, I, I like a lot of the, the social media that Smoke has put out before before Tuesday. I love that because his last yeah. name is Monday. I love that it. is clever. That is clever to me. I love it. I love it. Andy, thank you so much for your time, man. I, I really appreciate it. My pleasure, Zachary. You have a great day, buddy. Always love chatting with Andy. He taught me a ton of stuff in our uh, about our sixth month of overlapping here at the Auburn Network Incorporated. And... Uh, yeah, he taught me a ton of uh, ton of good stuff, and so a lot of how I model show prep and all that is actually from Andy. So I'm very lucky to be able to call him a friend. Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Auburn. Follow it on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. We'll see you tomorrow right here on Locked On Auburn. It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.